You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mr. You. Thank you for joining us on the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life. Wherever you are today and however you're listening, today call me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you for making this a small part of your morning, your day, and your week with your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Download, subscribe to our show wherever you enjoy your podcast Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, and Pandora. Thank you for listening, sharing us, and subscribing. Go change the world. We're back with another His and Hers episode of They Call Me Mr. You. I got the His portion locked down. And as always, my beautiful wife and best friend, the Queen, has the Hers portion of the discussion for today. How are we doing? Hi, everyone. (laughs) All right. Let's go. So despite popular belief, tragedy happens to everyone. doesn't matter your background. Your geography or how deliberate and careful you are about things in life. We are all touched by this. Tragedy is no stranger to us. And since we know we can't anticipate this or avoid this aspect of life, and it's inevitable, how do we handle it when it happens? So my first question I want to ask, and it's going to be you know, something for us to think about, but when was the very first time you experienced tragedy? I think the first time is when my father passed away. Okay. Because of my age, um, I there were things that happened around us, but it wasn't as personal. So um, I think it was when my dad passed away. Okay. I had to think about that question pretty deeply. My first time. Hmm. Wow. Well, growing up where I grew up, so many things happen that are tragic. So it's like have to sift through a lot of things to to be able to say, okay, what's the the very first time? I think I might have to go with something a little bit different. Probably not the first time, but it's the most significant time I can think of. And that was the passing of my grandmother. Now, historically, we had a really, what I thought was a special, unique relationship. We kind of got each other, you know? I, I, was, I was the only grandson. I'm not quite sure if that made a difference at all, but... We just were really, really good. We were, we were really good together. You know, we would watch wrestling together. And she would watch, you know, she'd get excited when I'm, when I'm watching Hulk Hogan and Bruno Sammartino and stuff. And, and she'd get so excited and she watched the whole thing with me nonstop. And she'd be totally invested. I mean, she was up there in age a little bit. And she was still totally invested in those body slams and chair shots and power drivers. She was into <laughs> it. So she would watch something I would enjoy. That was like a big deal, you know? And I would watch something she would enjoy. She would watch Oral Roberts and Frederick Price Ministries. I would sit there and watch the whole thing with her. Totally invested. It, it, it wasn't even because I wanted her to watch something I wanted to watch. She was down for it. And I was down to be there with her. So we had a really good relationship. I was, my whole week was pointed toward those Sunday dinners that we were going to have. I was so excited to be there with her. 
She would buy me little snacks, the same snacks over and over again. She wouldn't change up the flavor, like, like the Pringles, just the plain Pringles. She wouldn't get the sour cream and onions. She wouldn't try the, <laughs> the, the cheddar and sour cream. No, but just the same plain Pringles. And 7-Up, they had Chevy 7-Up back then. She wouldn't buy it. She just buy the regular 7-Up. I'm like, I don't know why, but okay. She just. <laughs> but I appreciated her. I mean, that was that was that was almost my best friend at the time. So she, when, she, when she passed away and started dealing with um, dementia and and not being able to recognize who I was, that was that was soul crushing. So I'm like, okay, this is my best friend. We can't watch wrestling together anymore. She ain't gonna enjoy it. She ain't gonna know what's going on. I mean, it was just it was really rough. That was my first honest reaction. Like, wow, I had something really good here. Like, I didn't want to. I didn't want it to end. You know. Yeah. It was going on for decades, like now it's over. Right. What did you learn from the, the the moment that you had the experience with your, your first tragedy? What did, what changed you about that moment? I began to see some family different. Um, because my dad, he was the the pillar and not just the pillar in the house, but the pillar in the community. You know, um that was the first man that I knew. You know, I knew my brothers, but my dad, my dad set standards, and my brothers they lived up to those standards. Sure, sure. You know, um, the guys that my sisters married because all my siblings are older than me. You know, um, they had to meet dad's approval, <laughs> and even if they <laughs> didn't, um, there was a standard that was set that they wouldn't bring whatever they were doing in the house. You know, okay. just the lifestyle that he lived, the the way that people respected him, um, you know, and it just changed how I saw loss okay. or tragedy because um, I felt like I was so fortunate to have a father. Everybody that I went to school with, you know, a lot of people didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. They knew of their father, but they didn't spend time with their father. And, you know, so it was like, um, you know, it became a misfortune. Yeah, <laughs> but first of all, I I was, I had to know that I was fortunate in having a father. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely was a uh, moment that something that changed you a lot. I mean, for yeah. me, I, I, think, I think what I learned from that moment, and it wasn't an easy lesson, but I learned that, you know, Good things like that weren't permanent. Yeah, you know that change, you know, eventually had to come, and that was a that's a shock for somebody who grew up the way that I did in the inner city. You know, sometimes things that we had would be stolen or damaged and stuff. It's like you know, and you didn't get used to having, you know, your stuff because at any moment something can happen. You know, yeah. and it's like to see somebody that. You enjoy it like that. It's like now, you know, that good memory is like, that's all it is now. Now you can't add any, any more new ones on. It made, it made me appreciate what you have. And you know what? Don't take it for granted. Yeah. Don't expect it to be here every calendar year. And, and don't treat it like that. You know, enjoy it every day. Yeah. Every week, every month, every hour, because you never know when it's going to be gone. So that's, that's probably a, a big, a big boy listen that a little kid learned in that regard. But, we know that tragedy is a very common thread, especially in the scriptures, along with our natural lives. But what did you learn about tragedy in the Bible that you didn't understand before? What did you learn about tragedy from the Bible perspective that you didn't understand? I learned that. I guess I guess that you didn't understand before you read it. Is what I was trying to say. Well, I understand. <laughs> I understand um, better that 
some things have to happen in order for change to take place. Okay. You know, um, I look at how I was the disobedient um, daughter. And <laughs> who you? Uh, yeah, me. And I would talk back or I would mumble under my breath because I don't want to go to church and I don't want to sing this Sunday and, you know, all of those things. And now my daddy's not here. I wanted to go and take back some of those things, but I couldn't. But I was able to treat my mother different from that point on because, you know, I didn't know if that was, you know, when her time was going to come. So I understood by looking at that, when I look at the Bible after those that time in my life, I'm able to see that, you know, when when tragedy did happen, that hearts and minds was changed. Mm-hmm. Some people had to move out of the way in order for some new to come. Sure, sure. Um, those things were important because... You know, I had this old guy tell me one time, he said, um, I used to be so afraid of storms. And he said to me, and I'm like, how can he say this? Because he was the drunk of the town. (laughs) But he said, if the wind, the strong winds don't blow and break off the old branches, how would it make room for the new branches to grow? So I saw storms in a different perspective from that point on. And I'm like, how can this man have this much wisdom? But <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell, tell you something right now. <clears throat> there, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we can go as far as to call them mentors. I, I thought about this over the past several days, as a matter of fact. There's some mentors in life that we don't always give credit to. Yes. I mean, we, we know that we have mentors like a Bishop Jake's in them. Dr. Miles Monroe and that kind of stuff, and people in our life that we have in past and present that have been mentors to us. But I got a lot of mentorship from some of them drunk guys that they smell like straight 100% green alcohol. But the wisdom that came out of their mouth, the things that they said, I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got wisdom from drunk people. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. That's just what my life was. Coming back in New York, I mean, I get that. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question where they got it from, but yeah, they definitely had it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But I want to try to answer that question as well and kind of tie it into something else because you know, tragedy in the Bible. I, I didn't understand why good things, I should say, bad things, are happening to good people when we when we read about. I mean, you can look at Job. I've been dealing with uh, Joseph probably for about three months now, probably longer than that. Story, I just can't get it out of my spirit. I've been dealing with it a lot, you know. Because you ask yourself, you know, when something bad happens to somebody you consider good, how does it make you feel? I've just been thinking about look at all the things that happened to him. I'm talking about <clears throat> being betrayed by your brothers, you know, sold into slavery, you know what I'm saying, being falsely accused of attempted rape, thrown into prison, and it's like all that so that you can preserve a people who did all this stuff to you in the first place. You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's crazy how things happen like that. But I, I think about how I feel when something bad happens to somebody that's good. I mean, you read scriptures like that and you think, man, this is just, this is just injustice. This is just wrong. Why is God allowing this to happen? This person is good. They didn't do nothing wrong. They didn't deserve for this to happen. But if you think about it from where you are and if she was, was on your foot, how you would walk it out. 
That's that's different, but unfortunately, life is, doesn't really work like, like that. That's how we treat things. That's not how life actually works. Yeah. I mean, we had tragedy happen in our life that some people just wouldn't dare put that shoe on their foot. They didn't even want to try to even think about what would happen if it was happening to them. Yeah, it was it was easier for them to be at a distance and say, you know what, that's happening to them. They'll be all right. We're praying for them, but they don't want to even imagine, you know, what it'd be like if that would happen to them, you know. And that's kind of the part that, as humans, disconnects us. We don't, you know, we talk about walking a mile in somebody's shoes. We heard that saying for so many years and decades, but we don't really want to do that. Yeah. We don't want the, the discomfort of having to think about what if that was me? What if that happened to my child? How would I want things to play out? How would I want to be uh, approached? How would I want to be loved on? How would I want to be encouraged? You know, I mean, all, all those things are, are just are not comfortable for people. Right. So I think about that kind of stuff because, like, Joseph's story, how would we have responded? Most of us would be like, you know what? Them brothers, they better watch their back. I got something for them. <laughs> Close your eyes and go sleep tonight. See what happens. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to wake up, you know? That's how we would deal with that kind of stuff. We would, we'd be like, you know what? It threw me in a pit and left me out here to die. And told my daddy I was dead. Told my best friend I wasn't here no more. I, I'm imagining him crying and mourning and I'm alive. That's, 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 that's really rough stuff. But tragedies are, you know, it's not, it's not always for the reasons we think it is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So... Because now, because we, because I said that part, and we know God is sovereign and omnipresent, He's aware of everything that's going on. What did tragedy initially make you feel about God? You used a, the first example you gave was something different, but what did tragedy initially make you think about God? I was angry. Okay. I was angry Fair. because my dad, he was a pastor and he served in ministry. He um, worked at. Um, a juvenile center. It was John G. Richardson um, mm-hmm. in Columbia back in the day. It's another name now. But um, on Sundays after church, we would even go there and spend time with the prisoners. We would sing. We would take them food. Wow, that's awesome. You know, we did all of those things. And it's like, and, you know, um, my dad even, um, we would have events at the house mm-hmm. where we would have food and clothes that he would get through being a minister and um, or a pastor and all of those things. But I was angry because God took this, this man that because through my eyes was a great man, God took him away. But then I see that um, now I understand that everything has a timing. That okay. God, we all have a time to live and we all have a time that we must die. Okay. And in me having a relationship with God myself, I begin to see that um, things come because it takes you out of that safe place. Yeah. And it allow you to grow and it allow you to have compassion for other people because of what you have gone through. Yeah. I think one of the things that you know, tragedy made me think about God, I mean, most people uh, respond seeing what you did. They're angry and stuff. I I responded differently. I just always wonder when people talk about being mad and shaking their fist at God. I, I, I always wonder why I never did that. I don't ever recall being at a place where I'm like, I'm angry with you, God. Look what you did. You know, I curse you, God. I, I never did that stuff. My response was I would retreat inward. I would just shut down. 
when grandma passed, I just shut down. I'm like, you know what? This is bigger than me. I mean, this is not words that I say, but I think this is kind of how I felt, if I can verbalize it years and years later. I was like, you know, this is just bigger than me. I don't know what God's doing. I'm just, whatever. I'm just, I can't control this. <laughs> I would just shut down and just say, hey, whatever. So when tragedy would happen, I'm like, what can, what can I do? I wouldn't get mad at God and, and shake my fist at God and make declarations and, and stuff. I would just shut down. That was my response to what happened with tragedy. I said, you know what? I guess God, man, God, that's what God wanted to happen, I guess. That's how I look at it. Didn't question it. I didn't ask anything. I might pray, but I'm like, this is just what it was. I mean, that's changed with, you know, with relationship and over time. But I think that, you know, makes me wonder, how does tragedy, tragedy change the way you view relationships? For me, I'll just I'll start with this one because it's not just grandma, but other situations that happened too. I had a, uh, you know, you know, I have a cousin that, you know, was a, uh, I guess, somewhat famous, and he passed away a few years ago, and it's like, you know, that kind of hit me hard because I felt like something was happening and growing that relationship. It's like, and now he's gone, you know. So I, I kind of took that kind of hard, a little harder than even what I what I said. But with the tragedy piece of it, I'm like, you know. It made me just, you know, almost not get too comfortable with the way things are. You know, yeah. I mean, those with that, you know, with, with grandma and then my dad and then my cousin and then so many people in between, some aunts that I was really, uh, you know, really fond of. It's like it just made me think, you know, don't get too comfortable with where things are. I mean, don't get don't get too relaxed that you just, you know, you lose track of where they are. You. Don't don't let it go too many days that you forget to reach out and just say, hey, I love you. Hope yeah. you, hopefully everything's going well. And, you know, it just made me appreciate the little small interactions even more. I mean, it's not always a big family get together. Even with those folks I just named, it wasn't always that. Most times it wasn't that at all, you know, but just um, be grateful for the uh, opportunities and the small connections, the small conversations. I mean, three, five minutes, just, just be grateful for it because yeah. what's the alternative? You know what I'm saying? So it just made me kind of just appreciate stuff a lot more. But what do you think about, you know, how tragedy changed the way you view relationships? What do you think? It made me want to be honest in our relationships or in relationships. Okay. You know, some people just um, allow things to stay where it is. You know, um, ask some questions, see where they are. Let's make sure that they're good. They're not just good on the surface. Okay. You know, Um and what I mean by that is, you know, do life with them. You know, even if it's, um, are you okay when you know things that's not going good in the community or in society? You know, check on them. Don't just I like it. just think about, you know, everybody got to do the best they can. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. that's not the, the right approach in my thoughts. You well, know, we're going we're gonna to come back to that part. We're going to come back to that part right here. But I want to ask a question before that. But. What is uh, the hard thing you endure through tragedy revealed about your character? That I'm a fighter. And okay. I'm not going to just settle for um, what it says on the surface. We're going to dig some. We're going to make sure that, you know, we did the best that we could. You know, I had a person ask me one day, so why are you sitting here crying? You crying over the situation that happened. Did you do everything you can do? And you uh, you have 
settled with the fact that this is it. You can't do any better than this. You can't love any more than this. You can't Hmm. care any more than this. You can't embrace any more than this. You know, they asked me these questions and I was thinking, you know what? I'm crying and I don't I didn't even do any work. I didn't even invest any time. Hmm. And I'm sitting here crying, saying, woe is me when there's other things I can do to see if um, we can make the situation better. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like my relationship with God. If I'm sitting here crying, it's like, oh, God, there's so much sin around and I don't feel good. and da, da, da. But the Bible gives us instruction. God has already given us a handbook of expectations and even hope and faith that we can live by. You know, you asked the question earlier about relationships. You know, is relationships, um, you know, how to have relationships after tragedy has happened. You know, if we live by the standards of God, we know that there is a time to live and die. We know that there is a time for good and bad. We know that there are seasons for all of these things. Oh, yeah. And we oh, have yeah. to trust that he knows what's best. Man, I love that. I love that. I will come back to that statement you made a little while ago <clears throat> about personal responsibility when it comes to tragedy. You know, Galatians 6 and 2 t- teaches about us to help others with their troubles. And it reads, by helping each other with their troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. I brought that up because, you know, it it, it feels like, you know, we've experienced it uh, recently. It feels as though people uh, would rather stay away from you when you're dealing with tragedy than run towards you and extend themselves with that kind of, uh, that spirit of, of love and and generosity, it doesn't mean try to throw money at the situation, but just being available, just yeah. being present. It feel, and, I mean, this is one thing that I don't know if this is just my take on the situation. If anybody else has experienced this before, I mean, I've heard it from people in our circle. We've heard the same things. When tragic situations happen, it seems like the majority of people run away from you. Yeah. They distance themselves. And that's something that maybe somebody can help us out on our social media platforms to help me, help me understand and help us understand why that happens, why you've seen that, what you learn from that. Because it seems that when, when a tragedy hits, people start scattering and they break out. Yeah. And they don't, they don't communicate. They don't stay in contact with you. Say whatever you need, let me know. And they don't, they find out they make themselves kind of a uh, scarce and unavailable. I know when, you know, the Bible talks about when the, when the shepherd is struck, the sheep scatter. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this is just a mindset that when bad stuff happens, people just want to distance themselves and they think it's their way of giving you time and space to deal with stuff. Or it gives them a chance to not have to be involved and and, and offer anything. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm just speculating. I'm just spitballing a little bit. But what do you think about that? What that scripture means? By helping each other with their troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Galatians 6 and 2. What do you think about that? I think that we have a responsibility as believers that we're supposed to um, care for one another. We're supposed to be there for one another. And everybody um, can't do it because a lot of people haven't dealt with their own stuff. Hmm. And so if you haven't dealt with your own stuff, how can you help somebody else? You're going to take your brokenness and pour it on them. That sounds like a problem. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We're going to stop right there. But just last question. If you have any advice for somebody that endured tragic circumstances, how would you encourage them to bounce back from that? What would you share? 
One thing I would say is do all that you can to protect your your mind. Um, don't hold on to unforgiveness and think about who should have been there and what they should have done for you. Mm, okay. Sure. You do the best that you can for you. And me as a believer and having a relationship with God, I begin to dig in the word even more because that's my help, you know. And so I say that in order to say, find that place where you get help. Find that place where you don't retreat and just check out on life and check out on people. I love it. I'm going to just give you two passages of scripture just as encouragement as we close out. Psalms 34 and 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits are crushed. And John 16, 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Wherever you are today, however you listen to They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. With your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Download and subscribe to our show wherever you enjoy your podcast: Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening to us, sharing with us, partnering with us, and subscribing. Go change the world. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.